Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Whether it's relationships, work, or just with friends, there's a few things I've done that I'll suddenly remember and feel ashamed of. So I'm exploring the world of shame, and in each episode, I'll be asking my guests what they're ashamed of and how they think that's influenced the person they are today. Today's guest is radio and TV broadcaster, Maz Compton. Shame. <laughs> I was sitting in my therapist's chair, and she's like, you're, you're feeling really ashamed. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm fine. I'm totally cool, right? I kind of vowed, I guess it's when you make your biggest mistakes that you, you know, you learn the biggest lessons. But I lost sleep over that. I felt awful. And I actually haven't ever betrayed a friend like that ever since. It still comes up. It's a year and a half down the track and sometimes, sometimes it pops up. You're listening to Shame Feeder. Hi and welcome to Shame Feeder. Uh, Always trying to explore shame, even... Look, uh, with people who don't have any, which has been the hard one with some of these. Uh, I'm not sure if this is going to be the case for this person, but very excited uh, to, for, to have the guest for this episode, uh, radio, TV host, general entertainer, Maz Compton. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I've, I'm, we're talking about shame and I've, I've said in the past, oh, I've got no shame. Like, it's just a way I usually introduce myself into a room. <laughs> so I'm really going to have to probably... Dig deep. I'm going to have to take that back to start and go, I just scratched that from the record um, because we are here to talk about shame. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So we'll, we'll, we'll dig down into that in a second. But first, I want to... Let's wanna... not start with that. Let's no. start with all the fun, fluffy, good, <laughs> awesome stuff that I've done. Well, I mean, for those who are listening then, who are you? Oh, my gosh. I've done a lot of things in my career. So I fundamentally, I suppose I am a broadcaster of sorts. I've worked in television for a number of years. I hosted MTV when that was a thing. If any millennials are listening, they'll be like, what's MTV? And it was really cool back in 2004. Um, And it was watched on a television and all the millennials are like, what's a television? (laughs) Well, that's what we used to watch TV on um, before laptops were invented. It plugged into a wall. You couldn't take it on the bus with you. Um, So I hosted TV and then I I got um, into radio and I hosted a bunch of radio shows Mm. all over the country and bits and pieces. And I remember even... um Oh God! What do you radio. remember? Because <laughs> no, 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 you know, everyone in regional radio t- ends up having this job, just having to panel in the network yeah. to drive shows. I'm so sorry about that. No, that was great. I had a great time listening. What show was that on that, that I was, was hosting? The drive. The Dan and Maz show. The drive show. Yeah, I've done it. I've done every. I think I've actually done every single possible radio shift any one single human being can ever do. I have done. Mid-dawns, like when I very, very first started to teach myself to panel at Nova in Sydney, I did like midnight till 6am and then I'd hand over to American Rosso. Um, And then I've done, like I did a bit of weekend jocking as a music jock and then I did late nights, I've done actual nights, I've done breakfast, I've done drive and then I did weekends. I don't think there is any shift that I missed. (laughs) 
So that's a lot of experience in radio. And then lately, the last sort of year and a half of my life, um, I've gone on a real health and wellness fitness journey and I've bought two businesses. So I actually own two gyms now. And I host a podcast for Body and Soul where I talk about health, wellness and trying to find the balance if that even exists. And so I've done a real, I've really tapped out of the vacuous world of media (laughs) and tapped into something that really speaks to my soul. So I've kind of done like, I feel like if I look back on my career, it's a bit bipolar. Like I've gone from one extreme to the other, but I'm okay with that. I mean, at least you haven't done what a lot of people I know in media have done and just gone media, real estate. Oh no, I'm not going to go into real estate. (laughs) Although (laughs) every time I go to Bali, I'm like, should we get a villa and rent it out to a Westerner in Seminyak? (laughs) Maybe Property Tycoon could be the next thing. But the gyms are going, I mean, business is really an interesting experience and there's a whole um, wealth of skills that I've learned in the last 18 months that radio didn't teach me. Mm. Um, So that's interesting being a boss and running a business with my husband. That's interesting too. So there's a, yeah, my life really in the last year and a half has changed dramatically, but I have embraced it at every twist and turn. Look, it sounds like you're having a lot of fun. Look, I would have fun in prison. Like I would be... (laughs) I'm pretty content with me and if I'm not content then I definitely put on that facade and everyone believes it so either way I'm winning. Okay Um, so and I've only managed to see a few bits of it but so uh, you're mentioning um, the gyms and stuff but Alt Breakfast is that? Yeah Alt Breakfast is a fun little experiment and it's so funny Sam because a lot of people I've had some really positive feedback on it and no one knows what it is, including myself. So I have people going, so how's that brand new like online radio breakfast show that you're doing? I'm like, well, it's not actually like a real show. It's more of a conversation. And then other people are like, oh, so you're back on radio, but it's on Facebook. And I'm like, it's not, that doesn't actually make sense. <laughs> so what it is, it's, um, it's an idea that was brought to me Uh, about having great real conversation over breakfast and to see where that went in the landscape that's changing so dramatically and being reshaped and redefined. So um, myself and Kate Peck have breakfast each week with a different person. We literally have the best brekkie. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. There's like three courses, the coffee's awesome. Yeah, it's unreal. So that's that's what we're doing at the moment. So that's just, it's a chat about whatever we feel we want to talk about that we would talk about with our girlfriends and you know whether that's going to blow the media landscape apart or not really doesn't matter because it's something that we're both passionate about that we want to do and we're going to see where it goes so we're doing um we committed to doing 12 episodes for our first season so that'll be wrapping up in a couple of weeks and then we'll like regroup you know, see what we've learnt, mm. see how our numbers are looking, analytics, blah, 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 all the rest of it, and then um, and then make a plan for a season two in the back end of the year. Sweet. Yeah. So you have a lot of shit going on. Um, yeah, I'm pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then out of all of it, what would you say you're proudest of? At the moment or overall in my life in general? Um, Why don't I answer both ways? I haven't had anyone return the question. Um, (laughs) Yeah, go for both. So I am really proud of the full stop I've put on media. And I feel like I did some really excellent work 
I worked with some incredible people and I'm really happy with where I left that. So I don't have this sense of I'm trying to live in the past and reinvent the wheel and, you know, reshape breakfast radio because that didn't work and that's okay. And I'm really stoked with how I'm, I guess I just reinvented myself into a new space that really aligns with my inner soul and how I am as a human and, and what I actually want to do. So in like the last 18 months, I've actually figured out what my purpose is and that is something I'm really proud of. I don't think a lot of people ask themselves that question, especially in media. I feel the more conversations I have with people in media, it's all about, so what job are you doing now? What shift are you doing? Like, Mm. so where do you want to go next and what are you planning? Are you going to have a media empire? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you move there? Like there's all these questions about the thing and there's no question about the purpose behind it yeah so i did radio for 12 years and i don't actually know why which is a pretty massive realization and almost a scary realization when it hit me on the morning that it hit me i was like i don't even know why i was doing this i just did it because i don't know i got offered a job and because i was told that i was flipping awesome so i've now come to a place where i know what i'm here for and so now the execution of that rolling out doesn't really make a difference to me so if that's a radio show or if that's not a radio show if that's raising a family if that's doing a podcast with content that i feel really passionate about if it's writing an article about something that might help somebody then that's more important to me cool Okay. It's a big, it's yeah. a big one. I've had a real lot of therapy as well. My, I think I bought my therapist a pool in the last eighteen months. <laughs> but mean, she's awesome. I can, oh, I can. It, getting to that point is, I mean, you've literally already just got me thinking about it. I've, it's like I'm actually, I'm going to need a few weeks, a few minutes of time to think this through more. You want, we can have, you know what? We can have a chat afterwards. But <laughs> the, I talk about it so much now because. The moment that I realized that, the moment that I literally was like, I don't know what my purpose is. I've just been doing all this stuff that Mm. I thought was cool, that was, you know, paying me great money, that looked glamorous and awesome and ticked all of these really, really vacuous boxes. Mm. But I didn't know why. And so when you figure out why you're here, what your purpose is, it's interesting how it flips on its head and you don't care anymore. Like, I don't care that I'm not doing radio. I just care that I'm living my purpose. Yeah. And that is a question that not everybody sits down and thinks about, but it's probably the most important question that we should be all asking 100%. ourselves. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that's what you're proud of. Would you, this might, this is, for some people it's a very similar question. For some, it gets a completely different answer. What would you say is your biggest achievement? Oh, working with Dan DeBoof for seven years <laughs> and not physically harming him. <laughs> and I know I hope Dan hears this. Um, Dan and I, worked, he is, I look back on seven years of working with this person and it was an actual dream, a roller coaster because it tested me in so many ways. It pushed so many of my buttons and boundaries and I feel like we both grew as humans in those seven years. And um, I think working with somebody in such a creative, sometimes toxic, like pressure cooker environment Mm. to not neck each other or yourselves (laughs) is, that is actually a phenomenal achievement. And I think, 
you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of radio teams and duos that don't make it through. And what we went through, like yeah. everything that we went through, we went through together and we went through it so differently, but at the same time. And his expression of of how he would deal with something is so different to mine, but that kind of helped we helped each other along. So I, I would say one of my greatest achievements is working with Dan. He's he taught me so much and um and I know like I I know looking at Dan, the Dan that I know now to the Dan that I met seven or eight years ago, he's um he's grown into a really incredible human. And that's something I, I believe that I played a small part in. I feel like I normalised him a little bit and he made me weirder. <laughs> and he would argue that I'm the weird one out of the duo. <laughs> okay. That's cool. Um, now, I mean, we only get 10 minutes to cover everything that you've done, which is in no way ever going to cover it all perfectly. It's almost insulting, actually. Okay. Like, I, I don't understand why you didn't do a one-hour special for me. Well... <laughs> There are more special. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but do, would you say that roughly sort of covers the Maz Compton like brief? Shit? Yeah, sure. Like did radio, doing st- other stuff now. That's pretty much the sum total of it. Worked with a guy called Dan for a while. Um, still like each other. And yeah, and I know what I'm doing on the planet. Yeah. There you go. That's the sum total of me. Perfect. Now we get to talk shame. <laughs> yeah, great. Keep up to date on the latest episodes by subscribing to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and all other apps. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So we've heard plenty of things that you're proud of, Maz. Yes. Um, literally, you seem to be going very well, but just dipping our toe into shame a little. Shame. <laughs> and the way I describe this to people is I say, you know, it's when you're sitting at home maybe and a thought just pops into your head of something you did and you go, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Is there anything? There's, there's a couple of little tiny things that I could sort of highlight that in the moment, and you would know this from um, doing radio, and it's not an excuse at all, but the realities of radio are you are in a live broadcast moment and Mm. you have to make decisions on the fly. And sometimes you get to a moment where you're not in a live broadcast space and you think back to what you said and you go, maybe I shouldn't have said that, (laughs) right? Radio regret. Yeah. And I think that when, you, when you're very secure about who you are as a person and what you stand for, sometimes there might be some opposition a- against something that you said or you did. 
and you are okay with that because not everyone has to like what you yeah. say. So I don't think, for me, shame doesn't come necessarily from what somebody is trying to shame about. Some, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah. would have to be something that I generally sat down and went, girl, sorry. <laughs> and I, so one, there's one thing that I did on air when I was in Adelaide and I, I fundamentally went against my gut feeling on it and I instantly regretted it and I had to make a very sincere apology to a friend of mine and I but you know the good thing about it is that it's never happened again and I've always followed my gut instinct and I've always protected my friendships from my broadcast life when I was doing it and what happened is this friend confided in me a situation about her relationship. And as you would know from doing radio, yeah. that is the fodder that we <laughs> froth on in a planning meeting. And so I brought this up in a meeting and my producer like double high kicked in the air and was like, this is like epic relationship relatable content. And he was like, you know, we should definitely do something on air about it. And I went at the time I was like, yeah, but... I'm living in Adelaide and I I don't want I don't want to tell my friend's story without her permission firstly mm. and secondly like it's very very fresh she's in the middle of this situation and I should just do you know what and I just did not stand up for myself enough and I feel like I got I won't say bullied into it because I did it fun I made the decision to to take that mm. content to air um, but there was a bit of pressure because it was such great content. And so I took the content to air and I I know I hurt my friend and she was devastated and I knew I knew it. As soon as we got off air, I knew I was like, I, I know that if she heard that, she's not going to be happy with me telling, like, you know, mm. basically almost airing her dirty laundry. Yeah. And so I, I put in a call afterwards and she was absolutely gutted with me and I was like, I'm really sorry. I have completely gone against my my own character and I got carried away with what I thought was important for something that actually isn't because no one would have known if we didn't do that particular topic. Nobody would have known mm. if we waited a month or two for the dust to settle, but I got too caught up in what we needed for that show in that very moment which was to relate to everybody in a relationship or whatever <laughs> and I learned a huge lesson and she was really gracious and she eventually forgave me and like I mean I don't live in Adelaide anymore but I know that we're fine but I lost sleep over that I felt awful and I kind of vowed I guess it's when you make your biggest mistakes that you you know you learn the biggest lessons and I was like I'm never ever going to go against my gut again and I from that moment I just had to be really careful about bringing even personal content to a planning meeting knowing if I expose this part of my world right now it could wind up on radio and I need to be okay with that and that Mm. I guess was the filter that I put on things that I would present forward out of my own personal life and my friendships as well but the other thing that I wanted to say and now everyone thinks that I'm such an evil person and no one's ever going to trust me with their dirty secrets again but um it happened once guys (laughs) but um I you know, the the one, it, this is going to sound weird because it's not something that I did, but when I was let go from my breakfast radio mm. gig in 2015, I, um, it was a really difficult, it, mm. first of all, it was really difficult to read that you'd been fired in the newspaper. That was a bit tough. It was a bit awful that 
the whole world found out about it. Like most people, when they get fired from a job, it's like they know about it, the boss, the co-workers and their families. Mm. But like I felt like the whole world had to fi- like found out about my my work life mm. that, and I didn't make the choice. I didn't do anything wrong, like all of these things. And I actually carried a lot of shame for a few months after that. Um, that I actually went to therapy about because I didn't know how to manage that emotion and that feeling of I felt like I had let everyone down because I'd worked so hard to be, you know, I wanted to, I always wanted to be on Sydney Breakfast. It was Mm. such a pivotal moment for me when that, when I landed that job, I was so eager, so excited. I felt like I had all the support in the world. And then when it got taken away, I felt like I'd really failed everyone and I felt ashamed i i actually like felt that i'd let down my family that i'd let down my boyfriend that i let down the team and that i'd let down the the listeners because i was like i'm so sorry like i don't know what i did but i'm so sorry about it Mm. and i carried a huge amount of shame for about like four to six months and i went into intense therapy to figure out how to put it to rest and be okay with it and deal with it graciously and deal with it in a way that I would be proud of. And that is what I'm proud of that I've done. But for anyone listening that has been in that situation where you've been let go from a position, especially in media and you had no control over it, I like there is this element of like, I screwed up, I'm so sorry kind of thing, but it's not even your fault and there's other stuff out there. And I think if anything, I'm that shining example that you can totally turn it around and turn it into a massive win. But it was definitely a thing that I didn't expect. I expected to feel upset. I expected to feel rejected, but I never expected to feel an immense amount of shame until I journeyed through that and I got through and I was like, okay, I don't need to be ashamed about that because that's something that happened to me and you've got two choices you respond or you react and i decided to respond and respond well i find that really fascinating i'll be honest when i came i found it fascinating too (laughs) i was sitting in my therapist's chair and she's like you're you're feeling really ashamed and i'm like no i'm not i'm fine (laughs) i'm totally cool right i'm okay aren't i like yeah i'll be honest coming in to record this i was like i don't even know if we'll touch on the ending of the, the breakfast show, if oh, that would even no, relate. Let's like, talk about it. <laughs> but um, well, with that and with the, the other incident you mentioned, um, besides maybe talking with a therapist, was there anyone you maybe actually spoke to at the times and was like, I'm feeling ashamed about this particular thing that happened? No, like, I didn't. Like when the when the incident happened in Adelaide and I just broke... It, I broke my friend's trust and I think you don't have to have a radio show to accidentally do that. Right. I think people... You know, we stuff up in our relationships constantly because we're all imperfect and we're all trying to figure it out. But I didn't, um, I'm a really good self-processor and I journal a lot and I think that's how I have this, I've got a pretty good level of self-awareness. And so I instantly knew. Mm. I think there are some people that aren't connected to themselves enough to realize when they've hurt someone and those people go along in life and they probably never feel ashamed of anything ever and they probably should. Um, but I'm I'm really lucky that I, I do the work and I, I journal a lot and I figured it out really, really quickly and then I confronted and then I had a conversation with my friend. I rang mm. her direct and I was like, I think I've screwed up. And what I should have said is I 110% have completely screwed up and I'm so, so, so sorry, but it even like it even 
I wanted to take it down a notch from there and be like, I think yeah. I've hurt you. <laughs> and she was like, yes, you have. <laughs> so after that, you had the conversation with her yeah. and, you know, she was upset. How long after that were you feeling oh, particularly bad about it? Like months. Yeah. I, I even when like we, we had, we met up like a couple of weeks later and had a, like, I took her out for lunch and I, as you know, a way of trying to, really mm. say I'm so sorry and you can trust me and I won't do this again and these are all the things I've learned from my stupid mistake even after that every time I saw her or every time it even was mentioned in conversation or a similar situation was talked about it was like this pang of guilt <laughs> and I was like oh god I'm so horrible so for, for ages but then I think it just it's like anything time is a really great healer and so like the, the you know distance happens and time <coughs> moves on and you there's no point beating yourself up as well like I think when you I did all the due diligence I did the duty of care I apologized and I meant it and I actually haven't ever betrayed a friend like that ever since so at some point you got to then like stop beating yourself up about it and go hey you know what Maz like yeah you screwed up and we can all move on. Like, get over yourself. It's not that much of a big deal. Look, mm. there's a puppy dog. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. or do something to make you feel good. Yeah, okay. That's really cool as well. And then, I guess, with the, the breakfast radio, obviously, it took a bit longer with the needed therapy, but... Yeah, I, P.S., like, people listening might be really like going, what, Maz? I go to therapy, like, once a month and have done for mm. before I started working in radio. And it's not because I'm like insane. I just, I probably have a tendency to be insane and I don't want to be insane, mm. but I just think it's really healthy to be self-aware oh, and yeah. to, it's really nice to go into a safe environment with no judgment and go, hey, this is where I'm at and this is how I'm feeling. And is that okay? And sometimes the response is, that is more than okay. That is perfectly fine. And other times the response is, oh no, that is not okay. And we need to continue seeing you, you know? And I think I, I've always been a huge fan of therapy and I've seen the mm. same therapist for a really, really, really long time. So she's been with me on so many journeys. And so when I, you know, like swaddled into her office and I was an absolute mess and she was like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, that's my job. And she's like, oh, the dream job that you've come in here and talked to me about for seven years that you're going to acquire and you finally acquired and it's meant to make your life perfect to make you feel whole and do all of these things that it didn't do you lost that job Maz I'm like yeah (laughs) that was the start of the conversation and it still comes up it's a year and a half down the track and sometimes sometimes it pops up like because the other interesting thing is when you've done a breakfast radio show and then you've been unceremoniously replaced people really just want to bring it up all the time Mm. even a year and a half later it's like Yeah, so about that radio, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know who they've got on there now, but far out, you know, and it's like, great, I don't really yeah. care because I don't listen, guys. But, um, yeah, it constantly comes up. So I feel like I'm still getting okay with what happened and, and trying to figure out how maybe my story is going to help other people or yeah. maybe the way that I did it at least um, is something that other people can look at and go, you know what, like, that happened to her on that, that scale and she navigated it with grace and style. So... I'm going to try and adopt that attitude in whatever stuff happens to me that I've got no control over or what have you. Excellent. Well, look, that's, I mean, it's been interesting with some of the uh, the podcasts I've done for this. Some people have had more, some people have had less. 
uh, and it's 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 uh, to get two instances I find really fascinating that you're you've been so open with. I'm so shameful. Well, <laughs> I think shame is perfectly helpful, uh, healthy and important. Like, I do too. And what I was going to ask you actually, Sam, is because I'm a huge. Um, fan of like a Brené Brown and she talks a lot about vulnerability and shame mm. and how it's a conversation that it's it's not fun because it's not all the fluff it's yeah. not all it's not like here's my trophy cupboard yeah, it's like yeah. here's my closet and all the skeletons kind of thing but is was that is there an inspiration for you to actually start this conversation with people oh yeah um i think i've shared it once on this already but i sorry guys no no it's fine <laughs> i mean i have things that pop into my head all the time and i'm just like oh, i wish i hadn't done this or that and there's you know things with personal relationships that i'm like i wish i hadn't done that but for me it's one that i've moved on from now and it's such a stupid thing and i was telling uh, alex who's uh, home we're recording this in about it earlier uh when i was like 12 or 13 i we had friends visiting the family and i fell off, we were just playing around on the couch and i fell off and i think i bumped my head and for some oh, reason that explains everything yeah, right? so no wonder you got into media <laughs> yeah, right? you had a head trauma as a child <laughs> well <laughs> i wish i could explain why i've made the mental decision to get into media but i did something stupider i think than getting into media i hit my head it was minor no issue and then decided i was going to pretend that i had brain damage what and i crawled proceeded <gasps> to crawl around on my hands and knees at the age of like 12 or 13 making screaming noises while we had people like friends visiting and it got to the point where when they left mum and dad are like waving goodbye at the door and i'm at the door too still on my hands and knees making screaming noises and then oh, like 10 minutes later pretend to come to and have no memory of it happening i was an absolute shit did you do it for attention i don't know like, what i did it did for i was uh, you know you hear from a lot of people in media they're like oh, i was a kid you know I, was, I made a lot of noise and i ran around and i honestly don't know why i did it and that's i think more than anything why i even now, like I suddenly feel people. really uncomfortable being in a room alone with you. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I think too. I've got to go. <laughs> Just give me a few more minutes. Um, That's really oh, intense. Yeah, and bizarre, and like. Did I, you tell your parents? Well, what happened then was Mum did the very, very uh, clever move of saying, "Well, we'd better go to the hospital." Oh and yeah, get and then you're like, "Am I?" And we're halfway there. We're in the car. Oh, and, you and, really were committed <laughs> to this lie. And I'm freaking out. And Mum's like, "One more time, Sam. Is that actually what happened?" And. I've done the whole. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so uh, sorry. Like, and I, I for years, funny? I felt so terrible. Like, and I still, like, still do. I'm like, that was a. I mean, I was a kid, but I was mature enough to have known better. Yeah. Like, I was in my early teens. Like, why the f did I do that? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, that's a well. If you don't know the answer, <laughs> yeah. Sam, no one no, knows the answer. To I that. know, and it's yeah. So, and I think that's almost part of what uh, connects the shame to it as well is literally having no explanation for yeah. it. Yeah. You definitely know? that's um, a huge part of it yeah so and i find like that pops into my head and i find that that motivates me uh and i've, I've sort of linked that to some of the things that i've done since um and i'd be really curious next to see what connects your shame to what you've done now sure for extra content check out the sam blacker page on facebook 
So we sort of ended on my shame there, but um, I've got a I've got a knack of doing that. Like I turn it around. You think you're interviewing me, Sam? <laughs> That's why you're in media. Oh, were. Um, so you've had a lot of things happen in your life. There's things that you're really proud of. And I think we've already covered that normally I spend this time, this uh, last bit of the podcast, trying to connect to maybe yeah. your most recent life. You already said you learned lessons, though, from the things so you've done. So many lessons, yeah. But starting maybe with the, the, the secret of your friends that you shared. Yeah. Um, you've said, you know, you've never done it since. You've made sure to never do it since. Is there any way that connects to what you're doing now? Uh, I just think that for me was like a real line in the sand moment where I just ballsed up and it really hurt someone and went, I don't want to hurt people. Like mm. that's not okay for any reason, for for the glory from my producer to ratings, you know, whatever, like whatever we needed in that moment. Like it was, that was where I went, I am not prepared to hurt people to get anything that I think I need is more important because that's that's not okay. Mm. So for me, th- that that life lesson that I learned then and there and that and then I made a decision to actively not get myself in that position again Mm. and then I kind of stayed true to that vow so it's been like this filter or it was when I was working in media on on my content choices on how even it even tweaked the way I would come into an interview situation where I I was like, I want this person to always feel comfortable. I don't Mm. ever want to hurt them or expose them or for them to feel like they're out of control in this room. And so I always, in the back of my mind was like, I want my line of questioning to always make this person feel Mm. welcome and to feel safe in here. And that came from that moment as well. So that was a great thing. Like that was a completely positive result from one crappy decision that I made. And then, yeah, to be able to stay true to it, you know, moving onwards and forever. And even in business now, like I just take that with me. Um, So it's definitely one that really, really sticks out. Mm. Well, I find it really fascinating that like, you know, you've, you've taken the lesson of, you know, trying to think of other people and be aware and, and help them and then the the business that you've gone into outside of radio is literally about betterment of other people well it's funny because my so the purpose that i spent so long trying to figure out <coughs> is um empowering people to be better humans that's if i could wear a you know a sandwich board that is my purpose that's on the sandwich <laughs> board i don't know if you'd have all of it on the front half of it on the back anyway empowering people to be better humans is why i'm on the planet and um i'm so glad i figured that out <laughs> because I don't know how much empowerment I was doing on commercial radio, um, but I feel like I'm actually really doing it now. And it, it, it almost can, you could almost pin it back to that moment where I realized that I wanted to help people and not hurt them. Not that I think people actively hurt people all the time, but sometimes the result of stuff, mm. you know, people, there are casualties. So it, yeah, I feel like that moment really defined a lot of things for me and they're still now they're now manifesting in many many other ways because i'm out of the constraints of you know the the landscape that i was in which is a cool like it's a really that's a really nice feeling okay that's yeah really fascinating so and then what is the other lesson just don't get back into commercial radio the other lesson is don't get fired from commercial radio guys (laughs) don't get the sack no that's not i i would never I've been asked before, um, someone said to me, so what's your advice after what you've been through to young women, especially, Mm -hmm. um, 
who want to get into radio. And I really had to wrestle with my answer because my first instinct was to say, don't bother. It's so hard. It's going to consume all of you, chew you up and spit you out. And it's not worth it. Mm. And then I thought... It's too long. Can I have a short <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then they said, it's got to be under 45 characters. No. And then, but I thought that's just how I'm feeling right now. And that's not fair. And I would never want to put the fire out on somebody else's dream. Mm. And so it, the, so the lesson isn't don't get in. It's just get in and fight as hard as you can. Yeah. And when the day comes that it's time to, to go into a different ring and fight another fight, be okay with that. Okay. And so instead of hanging on and clawing your nails into the wall and being dragged out with the furniture in in your hands like get up and walk out with your head held high and be proud of how you leave and so i i think commercial radios it's a medium that is not going to die and it's like the hugh hefner you know it just sticks around and just screws everybody (laughs) um but but it is like it is still around for a reason, you know, and and people will need to work in it. And so long as those people are making great radio and good content choices and being entertaining, then that's great. But when the day comes that it's time for you to go and move on and do something else and maybe empower people to be better humans or whatever your purpose might be outside of that, then go and do that and do it with all of the stuff that you've learned from the radio part of your life. It's just one like it's just, unless you're Alan Jones, really, it's just one little <laughs> part of a very, very big and exciting picture. Okay. Well, Maz Compton, <laughs> thank you for going from at the beginning, being the person who said, I'd say I'm the I one have with no, no shame. shame, to getting really in depth. <laughs> yeah. That was really I, fascinating. Yeah, I go deep. Yeah, it was great. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Shame Feeder. Keep up to date by subscribing or liking the Sam Blacker page on Facebook. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 